Hello, hello. Hello, good morning. Good to see you. I'm Al, if you don't know me. And uh, we're continuing. We're doing a little series at the moment. It's called Light in Darkness. It's all about the difference that Jesus makes in those sort of dark, difficult times in life. And even if you're not going through uh, these kind of things at the moment, uh, you can help others. And hopefully these talks will help you to help others who are going through tough times as well. And uh, we're thinking about anxiety or worry this morning. I'll be using the terms interchangeably. Thanks, Rich. And um, do you ever worry about anything? Maybe you're here this morning with things on your mind. Maybe, as we were singing earlier, you know, Jesus, you are greater. All sorts of things that you are worried about, anxious about, were coming to mind. And you were perhaps just trying to declare, yes, Jesus, you are greater than this thing and this thing and this thing that I don't know how it's going to work out and this thing that I'm finding so hard at the moment and worrying about. And that's, that's a great thing about being in church uh, in worrying times. I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But it strikes me that there's a kind of spectrum of anxiety. There are some people, I believe, who hardly worry at all. Um, there are some people... Um, who worry about a lot of things. And there are other people who actually worry is, is very much a sort of ongoing thing in their life and it becomes quite debilitating and difficult to function with it. Some people might only worry if something particularly you know, difficult, serious has happened. You know, I think anyone would worry if you heard news of, of a loved one who'd been in an accident or become seriously ill suddenly. Or, or if you suddenly realise you, you perhaps not, you won't be able to pay the bills this month. Some people worry about, you know, much more ordinary everyday things. Maybe often other people don't understand why they're a worry for them. They, they worry about just every day. How, how are things going to go today? How's, how is it going to go at work today? How's that presentation going to go at, at work today? I can't find my keys. Where have they gone? I can't find my wallet. Where's it gone? Worrying about maybe... Is that person, is my sister being funny with me at the moment? I, there was a weird thing that went on and I, I just can't get it out of my mind. Something's going on there, I think, maybe. And of course, there are people for whom anxiety, they're getting professional help with it. And I would recommend that. Nothing that I say this morning is in the place of getting help from going to see the doctor if uh, you're really struggling with anxiety. Some people struggle with a kind of general anxiety, general anxiety disorder they talk about, where it's just, you're just worried about, you're just worried. And it might latch onto different things, but it's sort of always there. It's not really about any particular thing. Other people have anxiety relating to phobias, trauma they've experienced. And uh, yeah, really would recommend just up front, you know, if you get, get help for these things, go and see the doctor. And, um, but... I've had periods of anxiety in my life over the years. I think my, my parents say that I had a, always had a, often had a worried look on my face as a child. You can see it in some of the family photos, actually. Um, and over the years, I have been, I've had periods of being intensely anxious, both about particular things, but also sort of in a general, a general anxiety that just seems to be there, and it just sort of moves from one thing to another. But I would say that the things I'm going to talk about this morning have helped me a lot. Jesus has helped with my worry and my anxiety. 
things that we're going to look at in the Bible have helped me. So I want to encourage you this morning, or if you're listening online, Jesus can bring light. Jesus can bring light into the darkness of anxiety and worry. And maybe, as I said, if it's not an issue for you at the moment, hopefully there's some things here which will help you to help other people as well. Well, first of all, what is worry? Let's think about what is worry. I'm not an expert on this at all, but hopefully some of what I'm saying will, will make sense. Because when we read the Bible... You know anything about the Bible, and you know anything about what the Bible says about specifically about worry or anxiety? You'll know that the Bible and Jesus Himself say, "Do not worry, do not worry." Matthew six twenty five says, "Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life." I think we maybe got this on. Have we got a slide on this on this one? Yeah, thank you. Um, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. And then Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. Now those verses do go on to say about what to kind of do about that. But how can God say don't worry when maybe you think, well, I can't help it. I can't help it. I wish I could. I wish I could just flick the switch and it would just sort of turn it off and I would stop worrying. But I can't. And now when I read in the Bible, do not worry, I think, oh no, I'm not any worrying, I'm sinning. God's annoyed with me that I'm worried and I can't stop. Well, something quite helpful that I read this week, I was reading a really helpful book this week about worry and anxiety. There's a little picture of it on the screen. It's called Living Without Worry by Timothy Lane. He's a counsellor. And uh, really recommend, if you, if you want to sort of look into these things further, it's a very sort of Bible-based book, lots of practical things in it as well. It's not actually very long, and it's only about seven pounds, so uh, really recommend getting hold of that. If, if you'd like it and you can't afford it, uh, speak to me, I'll get you one. But um, Tim Lane says, first of all, we need to distinguish between concern and worry. Concern and worry, they're not, they're not the same thing. And Jesus is not saying we shouldn't be concerned about things and people. In fact, we should be. Lots of things in the Bible tell us we should be concerned about people and things. And, uh, you know, if we, if we were concerned, we, you know, if, our, if we had a child who was not well because of, they were displaying some kind of symptoms or behavior, we would be concerned about them. We'd be right to be concerned about them. And we might take them to the doctors. And if you're a Christian, you might pray for them. Concern leads to prayer and to godly, wise actions, if necessary or or possible. On the other hand, worry often is characterized by fear, by perhaps not not praying, but fretting, thinking through everything that you could do to sort of out panic, perhaps being troubled by the what-ifs, the worst-case scenarios that will happen I don't know if you know that uh, our English word for worry comes from a Latin word, which means to choke. And maybe that kind of makes a lot of sense. Maybe some of you know what it's like to actually experience sort of physical feelings, tight chest, uh, when you're feeling worried about things. I've got a friend, he was so stressed, he had, tight, he had a tight chest and everything, and he, he called the ambulance, he thought he was having a heart attack. 
turned out he was just stressed and, and worried about things. Not just, I mean, it was serious, but it wasn't a heart attack, but he thought it was. Worry is really a kind of over-concern. That's what Tim Lane said. It's a kind of over-concern about things. Perhaps centered on that worst-case scenario. And sometimes it can reveal that actually we are too concerned about that particular thing. Perhaps not concerned enough about perhaps what God would say about it. And just too concerned. Too, too, it's too important to us, maybe. In, in life. Maybe we have a problem at, uh, if you're at work. Uh, if you work, you have a problem at work. Maybe, maybe it's a relatively minor thing, but it, you, your mind gets going about it, worrying about this mistake that you've made and you're going to get into trouble for, and then you start thinking, well, maybe I'm going to get fired. Maybe I'm going to get the sack. And then maybe I won't be able to get another job because no one will want to employ me after what's happened. And then I won't have any money, and then I'll be homeless and... Um, you know, obviously we could all get a bit carried away with these things. But maybe when we worry excessively about work, it's because work is more important to us than it should be. We're relying too much on our job when we should be relying on God. We're relying on our job for our security, for our provision, for our sense of value and feeling good about ourselves. Just to say, not, not necess- this isn't necessarily what's going on, but I think Tim Lane says this is, is kind of what's going on when we excessively concerned about things, worry about things. Maybe we, we've got a tricky conversation coming up. We need to speak to a friend about something, a problem, a, a, something that needs sorting out, something that was said. A- and you begin to worry about it's going to go spectacularly wrong, that, it, that it's going it's to be terrible, they're going to end up hating me. Uh, uh, and they're never going to speak to me again, and they're going to speak to everyone else, the rest of the family, or they're going to speak to all the other friends, and they'll end up hating me too. And maybe behind that can be, perhaps, and I'll tell you, this, this is something I'm often a bit too concerned about, is what other people think. And that sense of, you know, just getting that sense of, you know, I... Having harmony and peace with other people is the thing that I really want at all costs. I want that sort of peace in my life through, through no conflict and no problems and everyone's all right with me. When actually sometimes that, that is just isn't possible. And actually the most important thing is to know actually God's all right with me. God thinks well of me. God loves me. And that's the thing that should console us. And Jesus also says that worry doesn't work. It says in Luke 12, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Worry well, doesn't really make a practical difference. I find sometimes you're worrying about actually all these things that could happen. Mostly they don't happen. Worry well, probably shortens your life, doesn't it, rather than lengthens your life. The author Corrie ten Boone, Christian, went through all sorts of difficulties in her life. She said this, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength. So true, isn't it? So if Jesus is saying not to worry, it's not good for us. What is the alternative? What, what can help us not to worry? Some people, their, their answer is to, to sort of try and escape. Drink. Drugs, escaping into Netflix, other ways to escape. But the trouble is the worry is often still there when you, 
You come back from whatever you're doing. Even holidays, you come back, it's still there. Some people, they go the other way and they say, actually, I just don't care. I'm just not going to care anymore. I'm not going to care anymore about my job. I'm not going to care anymore about my system, my family, whatever it is. I'm just going to forget it. You know, I don't care about them. They can stick it, you know. Um, sorry, maybe not supposed to say that. Um, it, but I want to tell you about two ways that Jesus can help with anxiety. Maybe you're here not as a Christian. I just want to say to you, this is open to you as well. Jesus wants to help you with your worries and anxiety as well. Firstly, is God's presence through the Holy Spirit. God's presence through the Holy Spirit. I want to read you some words from Jesus from the Last Supper, the final meal he had with his friends before he died on the cross. And uh, he'd been telling them some pretty awful things that were going to happen to him. And actually, this, this must have been quite worrying for them because they were probably thinking, well, actually, this could happen to us as well because we hang around with Jesus and we follow Jesus. And perhaps we're going to die and perhaps we're going to be tortured just like Jesus is telling us is going to happen to him. He was also telling them he was going to leave them. And they, they loved him. It was amazing. It was fantastic to have the Son of God walking around with them and with them and teaching them and helping them. And he says, I'm going away. But he says this to help them, and it's in, uh, it's in John 14, beginning of verse 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's a wonderful verse, that last one, verse 27. Promise of peace. Promise of peace. If you've got a troubled heart this morning, Jesus wants to give you peace. How does it come? It comes through God living in us, through his Holy Spirit, of God's presence, of God with us. Might sound a bit strange if you're new to Christianity, you're just checking things out. And it's a mysterious thing, but the Bible promises that when we become Christians, when we give our lives to Jesus, God comes to live in us. Jesus comes to live in us through the Holy Spirit. And he's with us and in us. We were thinking at Christmas about it's an amazing thing that you know, when Jesus was born into our world, he came as Emmanuel, God with us. And those who knew Jesus and experienced him during his life on earth, they knew how amazing it was to have Jesus actually physically with them. There's a, there's a, some of you know that the, about the time when Jesus and his disciples were in a boat and it was really rough. And there was the wind and the waves and they thought they were going to drown. And Jesus stood up and said, spoke to the wind and the waves. He said, peace, be still. And it all died down. And you think, wow, that must have been amazing. Having God with them in that way. Jesus with them, with that power. I mean, what's there to worry about when when you've got Jesus with you in that sense? But at the Last Supper, Jesus says, no, I'm going away. But don't worry, something, something better is actually going to happen. And he says, verse 23, My Father 
will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And he says, it's through the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. The amazing thing is that actually if you're a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, then actually you can know God with you, God in you. Actually in a way that wouldn't have even been possible. Had Jesus been you know, physically here, if you're still physically here walking around on the earth, he, he was only in one place at one time. But now God can be in and with every Christian everywhere in the whole world at once. What a wonderful, amazing thing. And it's just as powerful, it's just as peace-giving as it was when Jesus was here in person. Even when we're alone, we can know God is with me. Who's it for, though? Who's it for? Jesus says, it's for anyone. Verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them. God's peace and his presence is not for special Christians. It's for anyone, any Christian, anyone who loves and obeys Jesus. And that's open to anyone as well. Anyone, if you're not a Christian here this morning, you're listening online, you can become a Christian. Whatever your background, whatever you've done, whatever you haven't done, it's open to you as well. Jesus says it's for anyone. Jesus isn't saying that actually if you, if you love, we can get this the wrong way around, if you love him enough and obey him enough, then Jesus will, God will love you and, and, and come and be with you through the Holy Spirit. No, no, that's the evidence. That's the evidence that you're a Christian. It says this loads of times in the Bible. That's the evidence that you're a real Christian, that you love Jesus, that you want to obey his teaching. You might fail and fall, but actually the thing that makes us a Christian is actually just receiving, trusting. Trusting Jesus with our sin, the wrong things we've done that cut us off from God. Trust him with our sin, that Jesus died on the cross to put us right with him, to forgive us. And trust Jesus with our life. That we, we, when we live with Jesus, when we live with him in charge leading us, it is the best life possible. If you're not a Christian here this morning, this can be true for you. This is open to absolutely anyone. And if you are a Christian, whatever, however good a Christian you feel you are, you shouldn't really think in those terms. If you're a Christian, you have God with you. You have the presence of God with you now, every day. When you go from this place, whatever's going on this week, through the Holy Spirit in you. Having someone with you when you're feeling anxious can sometimes help, can sometimes not help. I don't know if you've ever had people say to you, I've probably done it myself to be honest, you know, people say to you, don't worry, don't worry, it's going to be fine. You're like... How do you know it's going to be fine? You can't make it fine. You're just saying that. You're just trying to be nice. You know, it's a nice, I guess it sounds like a nice thing to say, doesn't it? But actually, when we've got God with us, he can say, don't worry, because we know he can make it fine. He can make it fine, or he can help us through. Imagine if your, your dad was the most, most powerful person in the world, but the most loving person in the world, and he loved you to bits. Well, that would give you some comfort, wouldn't it? You'll sort things out. But if for Christians, that's true. That's true. Romans 8, 32 says about God the Father, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, 
graciously give us all things. There's real reasons for hope when we have God as our Father, when we trust in Jesus, when we have the Holy Spirit living in us. But just, I'm going to talk a bit more about the promises of God in a minute. But just before we do, there's another important way in which God is present with us. And it's through his people, through other Christians. Ephesians 2.22, Paul tells Christians in a church, and in Jesus, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. God is not just present in us as individual Christians. He's somehow present amongst us as a church family, as a church community. When we gather on Sundays, if you've ever been here and you've felt the presence of God, the touch of God, well, that's, that's why. But also throughout what we do together as a church, even when we're meeting one-to-one or we're meeting up for a coffee, when we're in connect group, when we meet to pray, when we're meeting to do art together or keep fit together or whatever it might be, God is present amongst us. should be no surprise that actually if you come to church and you're feeling worried, you often leave feeling better. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I just felt really, I felt much better after that worship time. I felt it was just so wonderful to fix our eyes on Jesus, to focus on that he's greater than our problems, our difficulties, that he, he loves us, he's faithful. We're reminded of those truths. And in a sense, the Bible says we're reminding, we're teaching one another, we're singing to one another when we sing, not just singing to God. And and if you're someone, and you may be at home listening to this on the the download as well, or maybe you're someone who's not often here on a Sunday, not often able to make it, it, it can be hard. It can be hard when we're feeling worried and anxious to want to be around other people. But actually, God wants you to be amongst other Christians in a sense, so they can be his presence to you. You may, not have a, you may not perhaps be able to feel God's presence in you, but actually you can perhaps feel God's presence through others. God wants to be with you and help you and support you through his presence in others. And of course, because of that, it, it does mean that we need to look out for others. We need to look out for others in the church. We don't necessarily know who's feeling anxious or worried about things. Perhaps as we get to know one another in friendship, in connect group, we, we, that will become clear. But we need to look out for those who are on the edge. We need to look out for those who perhaps don't, aren't normally here on a Sunday. Um, and it's difficult for them. We, we need to reach out to them. If it's good to be with other Christians, we need to try and find ways to help them be with other Christians, even if they can't come on a Sunday. We love all uh, those who are part of our church, whether they're able to be here um, every Sunday or not. But uh, let's think of them. Let's think about how can we be the presence of Jesus to them. So we've got God's presence with us through the Holy Spirit and through one another. But lastly, we've got, the, we've got God's promises through his words. Don't matter you, I love, I love the promises of God. You can only really find out about the promises of God if you read the Bible. It's not reading the Bible. We often keep saying, you know, read your Bible, read your Bible regularly. It's not like just some sort of random thing that you're sort of meant to do as a Christian, but you're not really sure why. So many times I read the Bible. Sometimes, so many times I read the Bible and I'm feeling worried and just some wonderful truth or promise jumps out at me and I think that is good. 
I'm going to make a note of that one. I'm going to bookmark that one. I'm going to underline it. I'm going to mark it on my phone or, or whatever. There's nothing like the promises of God in the Bible to reassure us, to remind us of who we've got living in us, to remind us of his love, his commitments to us. And Jesus said, just in that bit that we read earlier from John 14, the spirit in us will help us appreciate and understand truths about God. Verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Yeah, there's a special unique side to this promise. It was a special promise to the first disciples, the apostles. They'd be reminded of everything Jesus said to them. And especially important when we think, actually John's written it down for us in his gospel, those who wrote scripture. It's really reassuring to know that actually the Spirit was at work reminding them of exactly what Jesus said to them. But there's still that promise there for anyone who's a Christian. We've got the Spirit in us helping us to understand truths, even reminding us. If you ever a verse comes to mind, I don't know about you, sometimes odd verses sort of come to mind and you think, yeah. Or even, even a song, could be a song, could be the truths of Scripture in a worship song that come to mind and it really helps. My, um, my mum suffers with depression and anxiety. Maybe it runs in the family. Um, it's a bit more serious for her, really. She's got a number of health problems, and she's on, been on medication for a long time uh, with these things. But um, I phoned her up. I thought, it's, it kind of sounded like a little bit of an interview with my mum, which sounded a bit weird, but she didn't really mind. But um, I was just asking her a few questions, but I was really wanting to ask, you know, what... What, does Jesus really make a difference to you, even though you're, you, you're on sort of medicine for anxiety? And she said, well, the medication does help, but it doesn't take away all her fears and anxieties. And as a Christian, she still finds it immensely helpful, calming, reassuring when she prays about her fears. When she, uh, she said that she feels more peaceful when she centers her thoughts on Jesus helping her. And she said that the promises of God are especially precious to her. I said, Mama, any particular sort of promise that, that is your favorite or things that come to mind? She said, um, she didn't know the, the Bible verse where it came from, but uh, she said, this one, 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him, that's God's, because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The Bible doesn't just tell us don't be anxious. It tells us why not to be anxious and what we should do about it. God cares for you. So give your worries to him. Pray about them. Commit them to God. This is one of my favorites. This is one that I often bring to mind. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation... By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Similar sort of idea. But that promise that the peace of God will come when we commit our anxieties to him. Maybe we have to do it again and again, don't, don't worry if it doesn't work the first time. We have to keep it's an ongoing thing. 
And, and there's a wonderful sort of thing there. I, I, I take from that that actually often God's peace comes. And it doesn't always make sense. You think, actually, the problem has not gone away. But wonderfully, I just feel, I feel a bit more peaceful about it. I can, I can carry on with other things. God is good. God has got this. And I'm reassured by that. Make it your business to get to know the promises of God. Promises of God in, in the Bible. Let the Spirit teach you as you read the Bible regularly. Unfortunately, there aren't really any shortcuts on this one. I mean, I can probably give you a bit of a list of promises, but there's nothing like actually reading the Bible day by day and, uh, and just, just hearing them, seeing them, seeing them in context. But there are loads of promises that help, things that specifically relate to anxiety, things that mention those words, but other more general things that help with things we might worry about. There are promises in the Bible that, that help us with, with worries we've got about our past. It says if we become a Christian, we've been cleansed from our past sins, 2 Peter 1. Or despite the, what we've suffered in the past, maybe we've been through some terrible things that worry us now today. Despite what we've suffered, God is at work for good in our lives to make us more like Jesus, Romans 8. We might, have, we might want to... Promises that help us with anxieties we've got about the present as well. Matthew 6, God will provide what we need. 1 Corinthians 10, God will be faithful to help us in temptation. Hebrews 13, God promises to never leave us nor abandon us. And there's promises that help with worries about the future as well. Psalm 23, there's that promise, wonderful promise at the end of that safe, eternal future if we trust in God's. And on 2 Corinthians 4, we're promised that what we're going through are actually light and momentary troubles in the big grand scheme of things. They're light and momentary troubles and they're achieving an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Listen to the promises of God. Listen to the promises of God in his word. Let the Spirit teach you and remind you. Read the Bible when you're anxious. Maybe read the Psalms. So helpful. And again, as a people of God together in the church, these are not just for ourselves. We can remind one another of truths about God, promises of God. So much better, isn't it, than, than saying to someone, don't worry, don't worry, it'll be okay. No, no, we can say much more than that. We can say much better things than that if we're Christians. We can say, don't worry, God is in control. Don't worry, God loves you. Don't worry, God has got plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Don't worry, God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. God's presence through the Holy Spirit. We've got God's presence through the Holy Spirit if we trusted in Jesus. We've got his promises. We've got his people. These are real solid things that can help us in times of worry and anxiety. And if you're, not, if you're not Christian, if you're not sure what you are, then why not, why not try praying? Why not try praying to Jesus to ask him to help you in these times? Why not open the Bible? Um, look, look at the Psalms and uh, just look. What does God say about himself? God wants to help you. God wants to help all of us. Anxious, worrying times. They can be really troubling, but God wants to draw near to us with his peace, his presence his truth.